November 20, 2021. It's the Watch for Pedro show. Elvin was there for a couple of years, although Elvin was ready from the first time I heard Elvin, you know, he was, uh, I could hear the genius there. But uh, it, uh, he had to really play, you had to start playing steadily, steadily, and every every night or whatever you're going to play, you have to keep building and, and, right. and it comes out. It's like, it was miles, it took me around two and a half years, I think, for it to start developing, you know, like it was going to take the shape that it was going to take. What for Pedro show? Happy Saturday. Started off John Coltrane talking a little bit. Frank Kosky, November 1966. Then we had Hallie Palumbo with Dupo. And because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I have a board. Hallie Palumbo. Hi. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Hallie. We got to give brother. Blake Edwards, credit for the connect, correct? Yes, thank you, Blake. Absolute, great cat, man. Uh, you know, he took uh, care of uh, Zev in his last, beautiful. I got to see Zev in the late 70s. Oh, oh, that's wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. Incredible. Uh, yeah. It's when the movement was like anything, right? There was no, yeah, yeah. no formula, no prescription. Right. But, uh, Hallie, I'm curious about your journey through music, so please bring your earliest musical memory recollection. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, my, um, my late mother was relatively young when she, when she had me, so she had, like, unusually good taste in, in music. Um, the real, like, the most visceral musical memory I can think of is... Um, when I was like 12 years old, she had this huge book of um, of CDs in her car that I would kind of flip through on long trips and put in my Walkman and listen to. Um, some of the records were uh, actually Locust Abortion Technician by the by the Butthole Surfers. Um, she really liked them a lot to the extent that. That's a good that, album. Uh, That's a good album. Yeah, it's a great album. I still love it. Um, but she uh, would follow she them a, around the country when they were touring. Say, I was going to say, uh, their first Hollywood gig was with the Minutemen, Big Boys. Oh, no kidding. Really? I, I had no idea. You, Hallie, I wouldn't shit you. And in fact, 
uh, th- those days, Paul sang a lot, and Gib Gib did a lot of saxophone. They were four piece. They didn't have King or Teresa yet. Oh, oh, that's that, that's but that's your interesting. Mom, your mom would go gigs, go on tour with them almost. She followed them around the country. She was like, she was obsessed with them when she was when she was younger. Um, so like, I I grew up listening to a ton of of butthole surfers. Like when I was pretty young, like she would just she um did oil, did oil painting and she would like listen to them while she was she was painting. So I kind of like grew up listening to them a little bit, and I still really still really like them. Um, but maybe not as much as I did when I was like twelve, thirteen. Yeah, and they had many phases and stuff. In fact, when we did that gig. They didn't even have that EP with that Pee Pee the Sailor thing yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jella put out. So in the pad you grew up, was there musical instruments? Yeah, actually. Um, so my mother played. Um, she played fiddle. Uh, she didn't play violin in like any professional capacity or formal capacity, but she did do like quite a bit of of um of folk music and 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 fiddle and so she would like walk around the house playing playing her fiddle um just kind of improvising so she did that a lot um and as far as like other people um i actually started playing upright bass when i was in the fourth grade so there was music in the house in in that way too um i played upright bass for a long time and didn't stop until i was like maybe 18 or 19. That wasn't from home, maybe school? Yeah, it was, um, I did it at school, and then also I had a bass at home that I would oh, practice yeah, on practice. there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I meant was, because I was going to ask you about school music, you know, choir, marching band, or shit like this, but you ended up on the stand-up bass, kind of in the orchestra? Yeah, exactly. And uh, learned how to read, and all that stuff? I did learn how to read, but... Um, I've since I've forgotten completely because I don't play bass anymore. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I was, I, mean, was, I, I was never great at it to begin with. I kind of sucked at it. Um, so what I would actually do more of was um, I was in both the jazz and bluegrass bands um, in, in high school. And I would do a lot of improvisation, which I was, I was pretty, pretty good at that, especially bluegrass. Um, so I leaned more to, in that direction than like formal orchestral arrangements i did more improv and the, the people you're playing with fiddle players in yeah fiddle yeah. players um we had one banjo and then we had me on upright bass uh and that that was pretty much it it was a kind of a small little bluegrass group you know in the older days bass was the jug yeah. <laughs> oh no no i units. know <laughs> a lot of craziest rush. thing <laughs> A lot of head rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holding it down, piping. Okay, so uh, now this. Okay, you brought the whole bass home for prac and stuff, but stand up probably not so much rock and roll. So I'm wondering about garage band, bedroom band, basement bands that wasn't school, like with friends, peers. No, no, actually, um, my uh, musical history is is relatively unusual because. I stopped playing upright when I was like 18 and then I didn't even begin making music or pick it back up again until I was about 26. So I wasn't in any kind of band um, outside of, of upright bass and and like the bluegrass band at school. But that's okay. Everybody's different. Joe Biza, second trust. He didn't start guitar until he's 27. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like yeah, I guess years he was tra transcribing Charlie Parker songs. I mean, you know, you know right. what I mean. And Vincent only painted his last ten years of his life. So I'm just interested because maybe people here when you know, oh, I wasn't a child prodigy. I never could get into music. Bullshit, right? Anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I was listening to your the stuff you sent me, which I really dig, by the way. Yeah. It seems like you embraced tape recorder as an instrument sure sure well, i do that, when did that happen you know with the cb and the short wave and all that yeah so um my first record i put out when i was when i was 26 um and uh that had a ton of samples of shortwave radio on it um and the reason for that is i was i've been interested in shortwave radio since i was like real real young like i think like maybe 10 or 11, if I'm remembering correctly. And I didn't really make the connection to use it in my music until I was about 26. I thought like, there's some really good shit on shortwave radio. And I feel like I could repurpose it into music somehow. Um, and then that's pretty much what my whole first record is. It's like a lot of shortwave radio samples and some uh, Optigan and then a little bit of toy piano. And what happened at 26? Yeah, so it was after I graduated high school, which I had absolutely no interest in, and I had no formal education. I did not really go to college except for like a few months of community college. And then I thought like, fuck this, like I, I, I hate school. And so I, I dropped out. Um, but um, I kind of floundered for several years. Um, I initially thought I was going to start writing in a professional capacity. So when I was like, 22 or 23 like I would write all the time um and then when I was 26 I thought like I want to try to do something different because I'm like kind of burned out on on writing and I thought like okay I have you know like garage band on my computer I'm just going to go in there and kind of fuck around with it and um drop some of my shortwave radio samples in there and like just just mess around with it and see what I can make so it was kind of like I started making music out of like a kind of a passive interest just to see like what I could do and what my capabilities were. And um, it ended up being really good. And my friend Nick uh, put it out on his on his uh, label. Now. Frustration with writing. But yeah, you're feeling creative urge to express yourself, right? Yeah, now, you had yeah. Already been building up the vocabulary, the resource of the, uh, these samples, you say, what were they on cassette? Were they, were they uh, electronic sample, pewter? Sure. So, um, when I was starting out, um, there is something called a web SDR, which is a, like an online shortwave radio that you can listen to. Um, and you can record samples directly from, the program. So initially what I was doing, and I also still do this sometimes, was um, I made recordings directly from the radio online, and then I would use them in my um, in my work. But um, uh, later than that, like, like now, um, I don't do that all the time. I will record um, shortwave radio samples from an actual radio, and I will record it with a tape recorder, just because I kind of prefer the 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 I guess the warmth like it sounds a little bit more human and less like purely digital 
Um, so that's I sometimes I do tape recorder and then more rarely I do digital web SDR stuff. Now you you heard shortwave radio before you heard it on the internet, right? Did you hear it from a, a receiver? Oh yeah, actually. So my first, my very first experience with shortwave radio was um, me and my grandfather when I was when I was like. I think I think I said like 10 or 11, um, there was some family barbecue and um, me and him were like sitting inside kind of like, fuck this. Like, I don't you know, I don't want to stand outside in the heat. And like so he brought his shortwave radio up from um, his car out of his car. And then we kind of sit down, sat down and listened to it for like hours. Um, and we, we scanned through it and we listened to music from like all over the world. Um, we listened to um, Radio Havana a lot with. Um, they do kind of a combination of music and like news broadcasts. Um, so yeah, my very first shortwave radio experience wasn't with a digital radio. It was with a real radio that my, that my grandpa had. Um, and that was like the first time I heard that I'm like, man, this is something really special. And then I was just kind of obsessed with it ever since. Did you know about the other way? Ham? Uh, what do you, what do you mean? Ham. Oh hell, um, ham radio. You mean? You mean? Yeah, where well, you just don't receive your transmit. I gotta tell you, there's kind of a factor in the old days. Greg Ginn, SST Records, he was big into that. I didn't yeah. know him at the time. He's 15 miles away in Hermosa Beach, sure, which sure. in SoCal means <laughs> forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this is where I think he gets the idea of touring and stuff because he talked to people in different towns. Is you know, the Hollywood scene, I think only the Dills had a van. Those guys, nobody thought about touring. But Greg was way into that. And I think it was because of this ham radio thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ham radio is not something that I'm entirely familiar with. Because, like, the concept of ham radio is, like, you're you're broadcasting your own voice and, like, your own speech to other people. Yeah. Um, and then they can respond to you. And um, <clears throat> that's not something that I really was able to <clears throat> do because growing up, like, it's kind of an expensive hobby. Oh, the, yeah, of course. And another it, very expensive. And also another thing about it is um, you have to have a license to do it. Of I course. mean, people people do not actually get the licenses. They just kind of they're kind of like pirates and they, they do it, you know, of their own volition. But like I um you're technically supposed to have a license. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to wait until I get a license to do this. And then I just, I kind of uh, never, never did. Well, That's, it's kind of um, hard. You got to learn Morse code and all that. You know, it was, it's kind of auxiliary network they were using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. internet and all that stuff, like boats and airplane, all kinds of people. It was an yeah. interesting resource. But just, just the idea of it and, and being two-way, right? Not like yeah. a telephone that only has a listed part. Yeah, right. Give me this uh, Galva. I want to play this house. Sure.
don't know it I get things done without So maybe I Befriend the self-doubt And maybe contentment Would be a
Chucky music. What was Started that? Started off with Galva from Hallie Palumbo. Then we had brand new from Fuse. Fuse Sound's got a new album, New Decade. It's called This Tune Was Feedback Tuning. And then we had D Boone from the Feeble Efforts Comp themselves. Uncle Ray was asking me about this. Double Nichols version, but I told him there was one that preceded that where D. Boone actually played the wrench. It's a machine at work. Neil Turpin after that, Herculean song. Neil out of Leeds, England. Drummer man, made a record playing everything. Drummers are out. Suffolk, brand new from Jeff Parker, Chicago cat, who now lives in SoCal. Team Dresh, Molasses in January. Incredible bass player, Donna Dresh. Cedric Noel, brand new from him. Keith, Bronze Age UFO or UFO out of Baltimore with Lagoon Monster Rubber Mask, Volume 4, Part A1. Yes, a new volume of Rubber Mask Saga. The Board Situation, The, the Angry Silence, SLWCC Watt, Dracula's Daughter, Project Out with Sam Lockworth. And then... In fact, we got he's got a new project sent me, Boundless Relaxing. We'll play later in the third hour. Finally, Loop 11, Hallie Palumbo. Okay, Hallie, so your buddy puts out an album when you're 26. I mean, you get a lot of things happened, right? You, you No more writing. I'm going to get into music. My buddy's going to put out a record. You know, you had to compose and record it and stuff. But what about performances? Yeah, um, so it took me a little while to to start performing because I wasn't exactly sure how to go about performing because my um, my compositions like were already pre arranged and there wasn't a lot um, that I could do live um, because they were kind of like sound collages and I wasn't entirely sure how to translate live performance um from my material but i i eventually figured it out and how i would perform live was like i would make um kind of like an instrument in in the program ableton where like when i press keys on my midi controller on my uh, keyboard it would trigger shortwave radio sounds 
So I would add that kind of layer of texture to um, to my pre-composed um, music, and then I would perform that way. Uh, so I, I got a couple gigs. My first gig was actually yeah, tell in me my about si- your first gig, Hallie. Yeah, my um, first gig was in my sister's uh, living room, actually, with like a, a bunch of her her younger friends, um, and uh, I I was not. I wasn't expecting it to go very well because like I was totally new to, to performing, but it went, it went really, really well. And people really responded to, um, to it. They kind of like, were thinking like, what, what the hell am I hearing? Like, this is, this is really interesting. Um, and I haven't heard anything like it. That's what people said when I, you know, when I stopped and they approached me and then they had a bunch of questions about like shortwave radio. Um, so it was actually a really fulfilling first gig because the people who were there listening, um, like they seemed intrigued by what I was doing because there's kind of an element of mystery to it. So I had a ton of people walking up to me asking, like, what the hell did I just hear? Like, that's that was amazing. So that, that was it was really gratifying to, like, kind of um, <clears throat> mystify people in that way. Did you use a table? Oh, yes, I did use a table with a um a black sheet draped over it because I wanted it to look like, I don't know, like more, more like mysterious and like cool. So I had like one of those white folding tables and then I like draped a sheet over it. And no mixed media. No, you didn't have any visual. No, not yet. Um, I, uh, generally now I perform with some kind of visual, um, whether it's a visual I prepare myself or it's something that, a friend does, but at my early shows, I did not do a lot of visuals. Um, but at my maybe fourth or fifth show, actually, I did a, a show at a pretty big venue here in Chicago and for visuals, I put two of like those big old TVs on each side of me while I was performing. And I played, um, like different, different kinds of visuals that I recorded onto, onto a VHS um, so I had that, and I think that was my first instance of using visuals in my performance, but I do it all the time now. And uh, how do you monitor yourself? How do you know what you do you have amplifiers? you use headphones, earbuds? Um, so sometimes I use headphones, but um, a lot of the time uh, I'll have the speakers on the stage kind of like, you have speakers pointed at the audience and then you have one that's like kind of pointed at yourself. So I can, in that way I can like hear exactly what I'm doing. Um, so that is, that's very, very helpful and useful. Um, so it's generally a monitor speaker that's on stage pointing at me so I can hear exactly what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And what do you give them the sound man, a feed from a little mixer or something? My interface. Yeah. My, my setup is, is super easy. I just have my interface and, I have a left and right out, and then he hooks it into into a soundboard, and then like that's it. Very okay. simple. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because man, I've seen setups that are like whoa, and uh, the hit it and quit thing <laughs> is where I, right. I'd be down your alley more. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, but that's why my heart goes out for drummers, right? The guy in the or girl in the rear with the, all the gear, but when these electronic bands, some of these cats, whoa, you know, they roll out the yeah. whole enchilada. And, uh, yeah, right, right. They have a lot of, like, I've seen a lot of um, of electronic and experimental artists who have, like, 
like a shitload of gear that they have to set up. Um, yeah. And my my setup was like setting up takes 30 seconds and breaking everything down takes 30 seconds. So I think that's like sometimes a relief for the sound guy. Um, yeah. How how he oh, how probably easy everyone is. involved. Really yeah, no, I'm no, sure. But I, I have seen some people uh, do the whole trip from a crap top or even a leash. Right. Fuck. Well. You know, it's everybody's different. Everybody's got their own thing. I, I, you know, it's like writing with a fountain pen or Sharpie or, you know, a barn brush. My pop told me when he got his first car, right, he's 50 yards. It looked, he painted with a barn brush, so it looked like finger yeah. paint. But he said from 50 yards, it looked like a fire truck. Like yeah. Right at the end of the first hour, November 20, 2021, special guest, Hallie Palumbo. Hold tight for hour two. November 20, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watch from Pedro Show.
For Pedro, she'll start off the second hour. Odell, Holly Palumbo, Wands Dover, had to play with him last week, Denton, Texas. Night, night, sweet trees, or maybe sweat trees, because he did this whole piece about almost dying in the hospital and stuff. And it's really intense. Like one tune was called IV Drip, and I know what that's like. It's thunderously loud because you're just sitting there, yeah, it's, or laying there. 
Evil House Party, brand new from them. Invite Armia, means army, Slovene. Live at Club Kochka in Split, Croatia. 2015, Trobakova Kushne Pesci. Then Bombs Prendon from the DCI area. Here's some pun rock. Miss Tick Eyes. Okay. And finally, Nebo. Halle Palumbo. Halle, what's your composition process? It, does it always start with shortwave? So, <clears throat> basically, what I do is... um. I will turn a shortwave radio on and I will kind of like, I'll scan the, like I'll just start pressing like scan. So I'll listen to like a ton of different stations. Um, and when I hear something that is like kind of an appealing, like textural sound, like a static or um, like maybe more Morse code beeping or uh, anything of that nature, I record it. And then when I find stuff that's more like people speaking or an unusual bit of music, I'll use that as kind of like the kind of like the de facto melody of of the song. So I will layer the more textural stuff. So like the static and the beeping and what have you. And that will be like the harmony kind of. Um, and then I will put like the more interesting, like focal point of the composition on top of the the textural stuff. So that's kind of how my composition process works. I'll scan the shortwave radio and I'll like collect a bunch of stuff that sounds textural and interesting. And then I'll find like people talking and I'll, that'll be like the centerpiece of the song. And then like you see, they're collages you assemble. So actually right. it's like the record or traditional musicians would call a recording in a way, but uh, you're not traditional and stuff. I am not. <laughs> right, right. No, but what I'm saying is there's the work right there. Yeah. So in a way, there's no demos, right? Yeah, no. Actually, there's like literally none, to be honest, because um, I'm not – it's less It's less of like a uh, – a, um, I don't know. I can't explain it, but no, there are no demos. I can't even think well, of a like single demo. Well, like you're not preparing demo. for the adventure. The adventure is the adventure. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. Uh, and then, you know, a few of these tunes you gave me, they all got the first word, loop. So it's kind of a category, kind of a Hallie Palumbo genre a, a thing. She's got a, a herbisaca loops, and then there's things with titles. So, right. Yeah, I'm going to play loop seven here, and we can explore that further.
sounds like such a ridiculous story, so I don't even know if it's right. But didn't you say your dad's mom had 10 children and that when she was 30, she got put into an asylum and she never came out? Okay, so that was true. That was a true story. My great-grandmother. Oh. Yeah. What was her name? Do you want to go left? Carrie Bell Robinson. Carrie Bell Robinson? Richmond. Richmond. Wow. I think history is fascinating. It's fascinating to me. And did, was she able to see anyone or like talk to anyone? Or she was just like, what sort of stuff did she do in the mental hospital? That's why you gave her like quick shock treatment and kept her medicated. Sad. Does she do any sort of art or anything? Good question. Our bounds are great. Wow. In Mississippi. And so your grandfather, I mean your dad and his nine siblings were raised by his father? Yeah, and then he remarried. Oh, he remarried? I don't even know her name. Oh, okay. What was his dad like? His dad was just a hardworking man at a paper mill. Interesting. What is a man going to do with 10 kids in 1940? for Pedro Show. That chunk of music start off Hallie Palumbo with Loop 7. Then uh, My Daddy Ate My Eyes. G is for Gallows. It's out of uh, Eugene, Oregon. 
Jerome Byerton and Damon Smith duo from the East. This is a tribute they did to a friend they just lost. Can't remember his name. Brand new from Mama Leek, The White Marble Stone, Just Joy, Well, I'll Be Damned, and Hallie Palumbo, Truckers. Now, Truckers, when I think of, I don't think of shortwave radio, I think of CB radio. Yes, exactly. So Now, you um, don't need a license, but, you know, legally, you only got five watts. Now, I know, I'll tell you, you know, I graduated San Pedro High in 76, in those last three years of high school or the three years, they had me in an electronic shop, like three, four hours a day, right? Yeah. Using slide rule, fixing, uh, mach- not, these are the machines that pre- punch the cards you would use for the programs. <laughs> I mean, all this fucking really old-fashioned, tiny stuff. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. What dudes did on the side, though, was build these fucking linear amps. And they would be on the CB radio range, with like thousand watt limiters talking to Florida melting antenna off cars, I mean it was wild ass shit. So that's that's, that's so cool. Now my my neighbor, and actually my landlord Vince Perkov, a beautiful guy that we lost way too early. He'd have his uh, handle, you know, his was paranoid because he loved Black Sabbath. Yeah. And uh, he'd be there talking. And he was a beautiful man, but I could tell other people were using this shit to be at real assholes. And damn it, 40 or 50 years later is the same fucking paradigm with the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> like CB Radio had to jump true. on all that shit, huh? Yeah, 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 absolutely, Every absolutely. Every is Halloween and you're wearing costumes and being irresponsible. But was this trucker, is that a connect using radio but not the shortwave, the CB? Um, so actually, when you are listening to a general shortwave radio, you can access the the band that CB radio is on, but you can't like broadcast to them. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the song that you're talking about truckers was um, a conversation that I recorded off of CB radio when I was, when I was kind of scanning around and like the two guys who were talking were, were like so funny. <laughs> like they, they were saying some crazy, crazy shit. And I thought like, I have to do, I must do something with this. These guys are nuts. And like I have, I have like an hour of them talking. I think that song is like real short. I was yeah, gonna do a whole record just of them talking to each other because it it was hilarious. Like like the, time, the, Hallie, you still got time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 gonna do it because like they're you're gonna they're immortalize dynamic. the words. You're gonna immortalize them. No, absolutely, absolutely. I I need to do it because people need to hear these guys talking <laughs> because it was so fucking hilarious, like unbelievably funny. All right. And CB, right? No license, no education, you're learning just how to turn it on and click the button when you want to talk. So, yeah, it has a different kind of gene pool maybe than the ham. Oh, definitely, definitely. (laughs) Absolutely. Different kind of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's interesting how things are brought together in trippy ways, right? The law of unintended consequences. Sure. Yeah, it's really. But for you, it's all source stuff. So when we're talking about loop, we're talking about the stuff behind actually the radio stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, my uh, the I think the record you're referring to is is cylinder loops. Um, 
So, well, you gave me these tunes, so I don't know what yeah, albums yeah, yeah. they're from, but Loop 4, Loop 7, Loop... Oh, so they were all from one record about loops, huh? Right, exactly. So the um, those tracks in particular, was uh, they're from a record I put out on a label, um, Astral Editions, and so those aren't shortwave radio um, at all. Those are t- samples taken from wax cylinders. Um I there is a wax cylinder archive at um, University of California, Santa Barbara, and they have like a massive archive of all these like recordings that are like, I know, know a little uh, bit about them because I was signed to Columbia Records 14 years, 1888. They're the first label and that was the only medium they had. Exactly. And you exactly. actually destroyed them by playing them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> It's, Thank God for that that uh, repository or whatever that that archived them because right because they're so delicate right right yeah they're um they're very delicate and easily damaged and like you can even do stuff like melt them like they're really finicky um but this the the University of California um, Santa Barbara they have a very robust system of uh, of digitizing the audio and then they upload it to this this archive that like if you ever have time to do it like you should poke around on this archive there are thousands and thousands of wax cylinders um it and it, it's it's everything from like amateur recordings of people like just talking to each other in their houses or you know um and on one of my songs i used a recording of like a crying baby which was a really weird wax cylinder but then there's other stuff where it's a recording of like an actual band in a studio um, recorded to wax cylinder. So it's like it's all over the place what you, what you can record and like what is exactly is in this archive. People, um, and they, I, uh, I, let me tell the listeners, they look like toilet paper rolls. They look exactly like toilet paper rolls. hundred <laughs> percent. We got to draw a picture for you to put in your mind, to visualize. Right. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. never think of them the same way again. <laughs> Okay, They're toilet Alex. paper rolls now. We're at the end of the second hour of November 2021. 20, Dish Wapito's special guest, Hallie Palumbo. Hold tight for our three. November 2021. 20, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pete. At the building, one hour, 28 minutes. Coordinated Universal Time. <laughs>
criar um medley que é mais ou menos...
drift in a sea of the infinite. You are afloat. The water is perfectly still, calm. You lie back, floating at peace effortlessly. The light is dim. There are two suns at the horizon's edge. The dull neon light illuminates the water. You are afloat. You are adrift in an ocean of serenity. The slightest movement causes waves that ripple through eternity. You are the center of all movement in the world. You hold perfectly still, and the water stills with you. control. You breathe deeply. Inhale. Exhale. You are alone. You could float here forever if you choose. Adrift. and out. Slowly and calmly, 
through the air into the heavens above. Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Hallie Palumbo doing Mabel. And then Drowse, Wait and Bleed, Boundless Relaxation. This is Sam Lockward out of Iowa City. A float. And then Carlos Bill. And this is a bass man. He sent me this. An Allegra do Futebol Nasodanas da Felicidad. So, Portuguese, I think. And, yeah, bass brother. Holly Palumbo, Loop 4. So, Holly, how about collabs? Oh, like like collaboration with other with other people. Um, yeah, that was an abrev. Yeah, no, I I I, I, I thought so. I was, for a second, I'm like, what you what do you ask me? I don't know why I was dumb, but like, yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, so I uh, do some collaborations. Um, and I would, I definitely like to do more. That's kind of like a New Year's resolution of sorts for 2022 is um, to make like maybe an entire record of like of collaborations of like with other musicians. Um, so the record that I'm working on right now also is one um, that uh, it still includes the shortwave radio stuff, but I also want to hire. Um, or like look within my own circle of, of friends, uh, musicians, like I'm looking for a cellist, a, uh, a violinist, an upright bass player to um, record. So um, the shortwave radio stuff that I compose will be kind of um, paired with like either studio musicians or, or friends, like a kind of a more traditional orchestra sound. 
Um, so that's that's something that I'm, I'm going to be working on in 2022. And then as far as like um, just more informal collaborations go, I will do those like once in a blue moon. But it's not something that like I've been doing anywhere, anywhere near as much as I'd like to. And you're going to hire a stand up bass or are you going to go back and start playing it again? That now that's um, that is a very good question uh, i haven't to be honest i haven't picked up a an upright bass in in years so I, I wonder if it's a if it's a kind of thing where like i'd be able to pick it up and like you know in a few weeks get like right back to where i was when i when i put it down and like be able to do the my own upright bass on my record i can um, give you an example james williamson uh this is after we lost ronnie and he wanted to do that part of the stooges he hadn't played near 30 years yeah and he was pretty rough but it came back i think it could maybe not like the bicycle thing so easy you have to work at it but i i don't think it's totally lost you're right and uh i did lose some of it just from a surgery and stuff where they put tubes in me and had to stop playing and i couldn't believe once you your muscles atrophy but if you work at it i think it could come back I think it's a trippy kind of tattoo. Maybe you, you don't lose it. I yeah, I, I hope not because um I would it would be very gratifying to be able to play upright on my own record. Um just because like I was saying, I haven't played in so long and if I was able to like pick it up and get back into it and kind of go back to where where I started when I put it down um, that would be very gratifying to be able to do that on my own record yeah. as opposed to like hire someone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. but you know, that can mean something to, because then whenever you bring somebody in artistic, that leads to possibilities too. You know, so it, it's trippy. Yeah. But this idea of the collab, you know, let's say not musician, because I hear a cinematic. Have you ever worked with film people, photography people? Yes, um, I'm currently scoring a uh, a documentary for one of my friends, so I'm kind of like like getting into that, um, that mindset and it's going really well. And, um, it's something that I would like to explore in a more, um, <clears throat> like professional money-making capacity. Cause right now I work some, like some bullshit office job. Um, and I would love to be able to, for money, just s to solely do composition for film or, you know, uh, whatever. Um, so that's, that's kind of a personal goal to be able to like turn that into like a primary source of like of income because it would be so much more fulfilling than, than what I'm currently doing for money. You know so, how many musician friends? Do I have a lot of musician no, friends? I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. No, I'm asking you, do you know how many musician friends I have that told me that also? Oh no, no, I you know, I I, I, wish I we had more support for the arts, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Look, um last chunk of music, you gave me this I don't know what it's part of, but it's just three numbers, seven, five, nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then you said uh I got something from Godspeed Black Emperor. You were talking about that label, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's listen. Yeah. 
Allen, they called Coney Allen the playground of the world. There was no place like it in the whole world like Coney Allen when I was a youngster. No place in the world like it. It was so fabulous. Now it shrunk down to almost nothing, you see. <laughs> and, and I still remember in my mind how things used to be. And, uh, you know, I feel very bad. But people from all over the world came here. From all over the world. It was a playground, they call it the playground of the world over here. Anyways, uh, so, but I, uh, you know, I even got, when I, was a, when I was very small, I even got lost in Coney Island, but they found me on the, on, on the beach. And we used to sleep on the beach here, sleep overnight. They, they don't do it anymore. Things changed. See, they don't sleep anymore on the beach.
for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Howie Palumbo with 759. Then Godspeed ye black speed you, Black Emperor, with sleep. And finally, Howie Palumbo, Duga 3. Uh, you want to enlighten us to those titles? Um yeah, sure. Uh so seven five nine is literally like I'm I'm shit at titling my stuff. So like oftentimes I'll just like pick like a quality of the music um or like you know like a word I like. But um 759 is it's called that because of the uh the guy saying 759 over and over again. Um the the shortwave radio little 
piece that I found where he's just repeating that number over and over again um, until like the end of the song. So I uh, thought like, okay, what the hell? I'll just call it seven, five, nine. That works. Yeah. So, so I did that. And then the title of Duga, Duga three. Um, so I'm pretty fascinated with like abandoned radio stations um, and kind of radio oddities. And Duga three is a part of a radar system in Russia, kind of close to Chernobyl. Um, and I thought like, that just sounds really cool. I'm going to title this song that it has, it has nothing to do with like the actual song. Really. It's just like a word that I thought was cool sounding, which is like how I title all of my music. <laughs> now you got That's a, it. You got a website. Where can, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah. Um, I'm at Haley Palumbo.com. Um, spell but it, spell the, it, spell oh, it. Sure. Sure. Um, so H a L I and then P as in Paul a L O M is in Mary B O.com. Yeah. Um, and then my Instagram is honestly a better way to kind of like get a look into what I'm doing. Well, um, you probably got a link to it on your home, uh, your own website, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's linked there. Right. Great. I went to it and I found a bunch of interesting stuff. I liked it. So people check Thank it you. out. So the next, the immediate music you're doing right now, like you said, you're working on a record right now, finishing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're looking forward to a, a soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm then hope you're looking for the, these collaborations with these uh, string players. Right, exactly. Interesting, interesting. So uh, th three kind of different fronts, but united by music and vision. And, uh, you know, you got to thank your grandpa for that time at that family thing where you guys got bored of them and wanted to listen to people you didn't know <laughs> yeah yes yes that was um i consider that moment to be like a an extremely formative and life-changing part of of my life um because if he didn't if he didn't like pull out his radio at that barbecue like right. i don't i don't know if i ever would have even known about or gotten into shortwave radio at all so that was like instrumental no no pun intended in uh like my development as as a musician and like yeah hu hugely valuable experience yeah experiences can have consequences people see change yep yep big sea change for you and uh, i'm interested in what you got coming so please bring come back on the show and let's talk about it absolutely absolutely thanks again blake for the connect uh people it's been november 20 2021 edition of the Watt for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.